Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, the uh, as unnamed football podcast at at time of recording, unnamed. If you're uh, checking us out on YouTube and you're clicking that subscribe button, you can check out our little competition at the end of the podcast for uh, who gets to name the podcast. Could be you. Like I say, if you're subscribing, you're awesome. Whether it's audio or video, we still love you. Um, And this week on the Football Podcast, we've got a full complement of all of our lovely football podcast people. Anyway, let's get into it. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Thank you, lady. Recording is in progress. And uh, for you lovely YouTube viewers, you'll see some some familiar faces, some less familiar faces from uh, last week's episode. Um, but I'm going to hand over to the, the man in charge, Mr. Paul Williams, and he's going to uh, take it away for us. Paul? Good evening, slash morning, slash afternoon, whenever you're listening to this particular uh, episode. Yes, welcome along to the uh, the first of the regular season football podcast, as yet still untitled football podcast. No, we're not calling it that. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. We're, we're definitely not. I'm going to get a vote going on, on the, the Twitter Oh my god! There you go. So, they, they, so there's the first per, there's the first piece of business. Uh, Andy using the Cookie Cast Twitter stream will obviously put up a poll with the <laughs> available uh, new names for the podcast for this coming season. Ma- um, Matthew, I believe you'd uh, you'd offered one up. I can't remember. There was uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was that good. It was memorable. Remember. That's for sure. There's one, there's one, if we're not discussing one of them, then we're not discussing this one as well. And then... <laughs> <laughs> just just Google Gazza and Vinnie Jones and then we'll go from there. If that's not a perfect hook to get on to the, uh, the, the next section, then I, I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, following on from last week's season preview podcast, um, we did some predictions for the opening games of the season for Hull, Middlesbrough and uh, Nottingham Forest. So we will come to those very shortly. But first of all, um, as a slight change to last year's format, we were going to uh, we we're going to drop the this week in football section. And then someone reminded us that arguably the greatest player in the world has moved clubs and not for a transfer fee. That doesn't sound right to me. So it. Probably, it probably warrants a little bit of a chat about it. I would say so. Yes, and for anyone who's been living in a cave for the last week or so, um, obviously it's come out that Barcelona are incredibly in the in the red. 
suppose would be the best way to say it for their uh, finances and they can no longer afford to keep uh, again arguably the world's best player even on a 50% reduced wage um, so he has left the club so Lionel Messi is no longer a Barcelona player he was a free agent for all of about four days something like that uh, and he's now signed with Paris Saint-Germain, much to everyone's surprise, I dare say. Does that um, not seem like a long time to be a free agent for someone like that? I think I think that was the official time. I think I would suggest that that was probably organised before it ever expired. Is it the original deal yeah, ever expired? Yeah, at, at no point will he have ever not had a contract, say, officially and stuff like that. Um, I don't know now if this is true or if this is just to be his rumoured wages, but I saw something that put his wage at around £53 million pounds per year. Oh, I'd seen something very different to that. Because I'd, I'd seen a, a £25 million pounds signing on fee and then £25 million pounds a year. So that's, that's a huge okay. difference. Well, the one that I'd seen Said that um, it was rumored that all of his all of his stuff added together took him to fifty three million pounds for the year. So quite they're a bit big on they're big on them shirt sales, aren't they? And and naming rights. And I, I would I would suggest that that Paris Saint Germain have given him to kind of. I think I don't know how the circumnavigates kind of financial fair play and all that kind of stuff, but. If they're like saying, well, you know, if we sell 100 million messy shirts, then, you know, you get a chunk of that and that'll filter into your wages and whether that kind of is a little kind of sneaky financial fair play kind of thing. It is. I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling when you kind of, it's just it's the it's a level of greed that you see in football as well because obviously Barcelona and you know they've handed out the contract so you know it's a bit like the was it I can't remember who it was who wouldn't take a pay cut was it Otzel wouldn't take a pay cut a while back um, um, yeah I think it was yeah but he wouldn't leave was one of the reasons that he wouldn't leave was because he would have to take a pay cut to go somewhere else. But obviously Barcelona had gone kind of cap in hand to the players and said, would you be willing to take a pay cut to kind of help the club out and help us keep Messi? And it looks like PK was the only player that agreed to said uh, kind of pay cut. And you just think, but, you know, for a club that, you know, I, I go into, you know, when, I, when I'm in school teaching, all the kids have got Messi shirts. You know, so... They've got all that revenue coming in. Like, where you? Know, where's all the? Where's all the money going? Because it's like Man United saying that they can't afford to pay. You know, name a player on their squad. You know, it's the same as like Man City or something like something like that saying we can't afford to pay this player anymore and having to let them go on a free. But it's even more significant than that because the guy's been there twenty years and didn't want to leave. Yeah. It is, it is baffling. I mean, like you've you've said it in like conversations we've had, just like just randomly chatting about football. It's like how how have the sort of the bean counters let it get 
so bad where they're having to like voluntarily ask players to like halve their contracts or you know take a forty percent cut and stuff. I mean, this is this is the club that's that was looked at for years and lauded as like the best run club in in the, in the world and stuff. They had the they had the best academy. They were always bringing players through the academy and stuff like that. They were, I mean, up until what fifteen years ago, they never had a sponsor on the front of the shirt. And for the first, I think it was four or five seasons, it was always, well, it started off with UNICEF. So yeah. it wasn't even a sponsor that they had on the front of the shirt. It was it was a charity. And they agreed to put them on the front of their shirt as obviously a, a gesture of goodwill. Um, now, obviously, that's, that's, gone, that's gone on the wayside because they were sponsored by Qatar Airways for a little bit. So I imagine there was absolutely no, uh, no money in that <laughs> at all, just... Uh, <laughs> That, that well-known charitable organisation. No, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, those those famously charitable Qatari folk. Yeah, um, but <laughs> it, it's obviously something. Something is drastically, drastically wrong at that club, and you just worry that. Obviously, it'd be it'd be unfathomable for a club of Barcelona size to go bankrupt and go out of business, but. Surely, though, that they are like almost like the Man United of, of their division, and like well, they've got to make enough in, in in shirt sales and all the rest of it just on reputational value. Surely, I think you'd always say that Real Madrid will take that particular slot in Spain just because of like the Galacticos thing and the fact that they are like a worldwide brand. I'm not saying that Barcelona aren't, but I'd say of the two, it's obviously complicated by regional politics shall we say um, you know obviously the Catalan and the this kind of Spanish side of things you know there's been a long you know, I mean, if you listen to any kind of like either is it um, uh, Eddie Barcelona or Bill Bow kind of thing they'll say that Real Madrid gets handouts from the government and stuff like that to help kind of keep them afloat and stuff like that and I think it, it's a very kind of complicated kind of thing and Barcelona want to keep up and keep beating Real Madrid because it's a it's like a Basque pride kind of thing. It's a it kind of maintaining your kind of top of the tree type of thing in the league. But it, it's just, it, it's shocking really. I, I, yeah, I, it's just mind-boggling how a club that's, you know what, it's a hundred thousand seat a stadium plus. It's well close, known close to it. Yeah. You know, you just think they've just been run into the ground by. You know, I can't. It's it's the it's the kind of opposite side of the supporters trust owning a club kind of thing. You know, it's kind of everyone talks about how well it works in Germany and stuff like that. And I know that like, there's more clubs doing that in this country as. as clubs become available but then you have the Barcelona side of things it's, oh yeah it's supporter run and you're like well, Christ almighty they've, they've picked they've picked some absolute duds of a supporter there to run the club but it, it's it's just an aunt I think the problem with, with Spain is and it, it's the same in this country as well we've seen we've seen it with with all the all the top clubs in the in the Premier League it's an arms race to get the best players and it's Sometimes it's not only just buying the best players for your team, it's to keep those players away from the other team as well. And 
it's been an embarrassment of riches, you know, when you kind of look at some of the players that are either set to leave or to set to go out of contract. And it's like, you know, Griezmann, um, uh, you know, I don't know whether Coutinho's run out of contract or is still on a contract. and He's, he's still there. I think that's, for me, that's what it boils down to most is just the sheer terrible, terrible business they've done for like transfers and stuff like that. So obviously when they signed... Luis Suarez from Barcelona, uh, from Barcelona, from Liverpool. I think they paid about 60, 65 million for him, something like that. Um, obviously, was a great player for him. Scored an absolute shed load of goals. I think he's, I think he's only behind Messi in terms of goals scored for that club. Um, got to the point where they didn't want him in the club anymore because his wage was deemed too much of a burden. So they just basically gave him to Atletico Madrid so they didn't even recoup or if they did it was maybe 5 million euros or something like that so they, they've, they've basically just lost an absolute fortune on him and if you factor in his wages as well that's probably a 100 million euro loss in total and yeah. it's absolutely astronomical it's just it's just crazy that you can let a player go of that of that calibre of, of talent for such a such a will such a woefully small money, um, uh, Coutinho's a, a perfect example as well. I think they signed him for over a hundred million, and they're apparently willing to take offers of thirty five, as little as thirty five million, to get him off the wage bill and stuff like that. But some of some of the players they've signed is just it's just crazy. So they sold obviously they sold Neymar for nearly two hundred million, which was the world record fee, and then. They bought Usman Dembele for over a hundred million. Uh, they bought Coutinho for over a million. Griezmann was a lot. Griezmann was a large transfer fee. They've, they've just overpaid for players that are just the wrong, the wrong age. Basically, they're not. They're not buying young players that they can get a lot of. A, 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 like a 10-year spell out of. I think Griezmann, when he went, was like 27 or something like that. And it's not, it's not like a feasible thing because obviously they're not going to have a, they're not going to have a, a huge resale value. So, as a business model, it's just appallingly bad. And obviously, the, the old president has, has got an awful lot to answer for, mm. really, because some of his transfer deals were, Shocking, and <laughs> yeah, you just don't know where want to know what to say. To be honest, it's just a very, very strange situation. But as a business model, is it not just completely? You can't keep this up. When you're talking above a hundred million for a player, how are, how are clubs ever going to be able to keep that up without? And in a position where they're like, we can't afford to pay this one person this astronomical amount of money, that they poss- they can't possibly need that money. Like you're saying, like, oh, this this club's asked all of their players to take a pay cut, and one of them's like, yeah, I'll take a pay cut, and all the rest of them are like, no, nah, I need that money. I, I get that, and I think it's, it, it's it sort of boils down to that thing of yes, those players don't need that money and stuff like that, but. It, it, it's not their fault 
that Barcelona don't have the money to pay them the wage that they agreed to when they signed the contract that they were offered. So whilst we'd like to sort of think that there's like nobility in players and, and things like that, that they would, they would have the, the sort of wherewithal to say, I'll happily take a pay cut, etc., etc. It's not, you know, that's that's unfortunately not the way the world works, is it? It's about, it's but, but also as well, I, th- I think if you were relying on players to take a pay cut, it'd be those that were sufficiently through their career enough to be able to afford to take that pay cut. Whereas, like as you've just mentioned, like if they've invested in the old guard, you know, they could be those guys. But actually, they might also be of the opinion, well. I haven't got that long left, so I need to recoup as much as I can, kind of thing. It does also help that the person who offered to take a pay pay cut is ma- married to Shakira, and is probably like it's probably like a Tom Brady Giselle situation where his money's the pocket pocket money kind of thing. So he can be like, yeah, yeah. Would that be Brady would that be Shakira, Shakira, Shakira? Oh, as in hipster oh, yeah. like Shakira. <laughs> to say to say that Gerard Piquet is punching would be the understatement of the century. I feel we might have slightly veered off the old football topic at this point. Yeah, but as as Matt said, the hips don't lie, so I think we'll have to let this one slide. To be fair, as, um, as, as Matt also mentioned before, though about um, I mean, I think it was Paul that mentioned uh, uh, Neymar actually saying that. Um, can we just take a minute to not not only talk about the transfer that, that has gone through, but also the fact that you know uh, Pochettino still in charge of Paris Saint Germain is uh, is clearly the guy that's playing FIFA and has all the money to buy the ultimate team cards at this point in time. What the fuck, man! Like that 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 is that team that they have now. It's incredible, and yes, some of them are quite old. Yes. It's probably not going to be a team that's going to last sort of, you know, four or five seasons or whatever. But look at their signings that they've brought in now. So obviously, yes, Messi is the one that we've talked about. And yes, he's linking up with Neymar and Mbappe. But they've also signed Donnarumma, the guy who was like, was he, was he joint Golden Glove for the Euros as well? So he was, um, he was up there. I think he was voted as player of the tournament. And then... And again, not age not being on his side, but the Sergio Ramos on a free as well. Well, someone coming. I think PSG have signed five players this summer. They've paid a transfer fee for one of them, and they've arguably got like the best or like one of the top five in every position that they've signed. Arguably, so obviously it's a rumor. Arguably, one of the best five keepers in the world. Sergio Ramos, without a doubt, is one of the best central defenders in the world. Messi, arguably the best player ever. So, the only person they paid a transfer fee for is Ashraf Hakimi, who they got from Inter Milan, I think, and they paid £50 million for him. Um, they signed someone else as well, I can't think who it is. It'll come to me later on. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, they're very much... They're very much in the sort of to, to borrow a phrase from the uh, American football team. They're in the win now phase of the um, sort of cycle, I suppose. It's that thing where they'll be odds-on favourites to win absolutely everything this season. So they'll, they'll probably, they'll definitely win league earn. They'll probably win this. They'll probably win the French Cup. They'll be. 
two to one favourites to win the Champions League. It's it's that sort of thing, and like the, the, in a strange way, like the person who probably loses out most from Messi going to PSG is probably Neymar, because the whole point of why he left Barcelona in the first point in the first place was because he was sick of being in Messi's shadow and thought he wouldn't win a Ballon d'Or if he was still playing the same team as Messi. So, who knows? They're at that point, though, where if they don't win the Champions League, then Pochettino will not only be fired, but probably fired in a rocket to some far-off planet, because if, if, he, if he can't win with that team, job, job's knackered, really. Like I say, it's, it's a classic sort of, if, if, you don't, if they don't win it now, will they ever win it, sort of thing. Mm. But, um, yeah, so, strange, strange times. Shall we? Uh, shall we uh, refocus it and talk about some uh, some whole Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest action? Some, some actual football. What do you mean? Expanders. <laughs> Andrew, do you want to open up that little book of yours? And uh, oh, the book is the book is open. I was up, I was updating up to time of recording. Uh, I think I literally wrote right. the last score. And then pressed the record button. Uh, so it doesn't get much hotter off the press. It doesn't get much fresher than this. Um, six games total were predicted last week. Uh, six games to predict this week. So yes, let's get cracking. First game of the season to predict was Preston North End versus that man there's team Hull City now you know Hull City have just been promoted did they have something to prove or were they just going to coast for now just settle in let's find out by saying Stu what was the score in that game it was Preston Northern 1, Hull City, just the four. Four goals. Hull City wanted it to be known that they were here. Um, to save me the embarrassment, do you know who scored those goals? I do, yes. And so, can you pronounce them? Uh, well, to be to be decided. Um, Preston went one 0 up with a either Jakobsen or Jacobson, depending on how uh, you know where your uh, where your cookie crumbles on that one. Um, so I am already aware that some of the uh, podcast members will be happier than others with the Hull City goal scorers. So we have a Keen Lewis Potter. A Smallwood, a McGuinness, and a Cannon goal for Hull City. So not only four goals, but four different goal scorers as well. So plenty of points to be had, but um, obviously you'll tell us where they lie. Yeah, there was points. Um, a smattering of points. Mr Williams uh, managed to just 
pick up one point from a, a one nil prediction. He also then went on to pick up another point for picking Lewis Potter as one of the goal scorers. Stu uh, No. You went for a draw, which I'm sure at some point in time you were absolutely uh, bang on for, but unfortunately no. Also no goal scorers. Um, I think you, like I, literally went for one of the only people who didn't score. <laughs> uh, Matt followed in your footsteps, however, did manage to pick up McGuinness as a goal scorer for Hull. So a 1-1 doesn't get any points there, I'm afraid, but it does get one point for a goal scorer. I managed to snaffle a point by picking Hull to win. I don't know if anybody picked up on my method of, of the start of the season, which was to give all of the the home teams a 1-0 victory just and, and, and see where we got to. So putting down 1-0 for Hull to win did get me a point. But uh, like you, Stu, apparently I could only pick uh, the, the one person who didn't score a goal. Uh, that brings us swiftly to, uh, to Middlesbrough football. Uh, Fulham took on the mighty Borough. Uh, plenty of predicted goals to go at. Paul Williams. What was the final score in this game? Final score, Andrew, was Fulham 1. Middlesbrough FC 1. Correct. A Mundo. Goal scorers. So there was a debut goal for new Fulham signing Harry Wilson. The equaliser was scored by Mark Bowler. You are correct, sir. Um, now then, here's where it gets interesting because Paul, you correctly predicted a one-one draw. Two points for you, sir. Didn't then go on to pick up any goal scorers, so that's where your points end. Stu went for a 2-0 Fulham win, and uh, rounded that out nicely by picking no correct goal scorers. Matt, I mean, you know, it's probably a good job this was done over over the old Zoom, because uh, I think fists would have been flying if it was in person. A 3-0 Fulham thumping. Um, no points there. But a correct prediction of Wilson to score gives Matt one point. Um, my faith in the mighty Borough let me down, unfortunately, and I did not pick the correct Middlesbrough goal scorer, bringing my grand total to a big fat zero. Swiftly moving on to Coventry City versus Nottingham Forest. Matt, are you aware of the score in this game? I'm fully aware. Fully. Fully aware. Do you want to lay it on us? A 2-1 Coventry win. It was a 2-1 Coventry win. Um, do you? Are you in the... <laughs> 
in the market for pronouncing the goal scorers correctly? <laughs> I can butcher the first commentary score if you want. Please do. <laughs> Saves me absolutely butchering it. Well, we'll go through it. So, probably scored first through Lyle Taylor, uh, which is a nice kind of finish. Um, and then I'm going to go Giacchetas, possibly. Um, got the equaliser. Um, with quite a nice finish. Um, and then Forrest proceeded to chuck away any points, possibly, uh, in the 96th minute with McFad- McFadzen. Um, with the. Uh, you know, the keeper, the forest keeper didn't get sent to Coventry, he just got left there with the shocking keeping for the second goal. Um, yeah, yeah. So, my pessimism was rewarded grandly with the final 10 15 minutes of that match. Um, what's nice here is of a possible two or three goals, a possible two or three goal scorers, and all of the people predicting. You guessed it, absolute bagels all round. Uh, Paul went for a 1-0 Forest win. Stu followed suit and so did I. Matt went for a 1-1. And of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 different goal scorers picked, not a 1. So, grand total in no particular order. Unfortunately... In no particular order gives you the this week's winner with Paul scoring a total of four points for the week. Stu, not a man that likes points, uh, zero. Overrated. Points are overrated, Stu. I agree. Matt, a point from each game to be on two, and uh, just a one point for me, because uh, you know. I agree with Stu, points are overrated. What that does is it brings us to some cup action. Um, points are not overrated in the cup, though. Just so we're just so we're all on the same page. It's very uh, it's a very different story when you're talking about the cup. Points are points are important. I disagree. Well uh Hull City took on Wigan Athletic. Now then, Stu, how did that game work out for the Hull City boys? So, the, the story of my night of following that game was, ah, oh, balls. Oh, okay, we're equal. Oh, it's a penalty shootout. Oh, man, what? So, if the, the full-time finished 1-1, uh, there was four minutes between the goals, and... Apparently nothing for the other, you know, 86 minutes of that game. So, um, the Wigan goal was scored by Humphreys and the Hull City goal was again scored by Keen Lewis Potter. I'm assuming just, just whilst we're at this juncture, cup goals don't count for season top scorers, do they? Good. That's what I was hoping. So, um, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to have to be, unfortunately. Uh, three people picked a 1-0 victory to Hull. 
myself, Matt and Paul were those three. Stu had more faith in his team and went with a 2-0 victory to Hull. Uh, nobody picked the correct goal scorer apart from this guy uh, and that's just the one point taken out of that entire game moving on so we don't dwell on it uh, can, I, can I say one more thing actually so it's like. a shame penalties don't count because nearly every bastard scored in that point 14, 14 <laughs> straight penalties were scored and I was following it on my phone, granted, because um, as the YouTube viewers can see, I'm not in my usual location. Um, and as soon as we, we missed it, the, the 15th one, I was like, yeah, that's it done. So, yeah, it took 16 penalties to settle that game in the end. 14 of them scored in a row. Indeed. Going on to uh, a game that finished moments before pressing record on this podcast. Uh, Blackpool took on the oh-so-mighty Borough. Um, Paul? Any, any Anything? Uh, anything from you, sir? Well, obviously... It's been deemed that don't go concentrating on the cups this season, lads. Just get yourself focused on that league. Uh, so they thought it would be best to get what could only be described as a pummeling. Uh, yes, unfortunately, it finished Blackpool three, Middlesbrough nil. Bloomfield Road proving to not be a very happy hunting ground once again for Middlesbrough. Sadly. Are you aware of the goal scorers? I've got them right here for you, Andrew. Beautiful. We have a goal apiece for Callum Connolly. Correct. Shane Lavery. Indeed. And Keshi Anderson. Those last two coming within one minute of each other. Um, one of those, uh, it's going to come as no surprise at this point in time, we are not doing all that well in predicting goal scorers um, and as a predi overall prediction Matthew you sir are the only point taker you predicted that Blackpool would win this game 2-1 close does get you a point uh, everybody else was in the Middlesbrough camp uh, two ones from both Paul and Stu and I just had a little 1-0 um, but not a single goal scorer picked. So just the one point in that game. It's fine though, because Nottingham Forest are going to be a points fest for these guys. Because they took on Bradford City. Matt, are you aware of how this game ended moments before recording? I am. 2-1 win. For the Mighty Reds, Nottingham Forest. We've got two two goals from Yao Cavalio, our, I think he's our record signing, 13 million, who spent last season out on loan. Um, and then, uh, obviously, you were putting in a, 
an appearance from Bradford today because they Cook scored their uh, their goal. That's why we had to start a little bit later. I had to I had to get back from the game uh, after just well, slamming one in just, the back of the net. You just showered, haven't you? And you're doing it from the uh, yeah. This the is media room. The media is, room at the city ground. This is where we are. Uh, I get I get I get discount in the uh, in the cafe because of you know my press pass. So, of all the games up to this point, fairly low scoring. Um, but I'm happy to tell you everybody got points in this game because everybody predicted a Forest win. Two nil, three nil, two one and a one niller gets a one, a one and a one. But for the fan himself, takes four points. Correct prediction there, Matt. Uh, again, we do fall into the category of can't pick a goal scorer to save our lives. So, uh, like I say, a one point, one point, a two, and a one. Total for the week. So I was, I was close. I was close. Um, Paul and Stu, point apiece. Uh, I got two points. Just go to show it can't be that difficult. Matthew wins the second half of the week with three. But that's in the past. The history book has closed on that there week. The week that was the starting week of the season. All we do now is look forward to the future. And what the future holds for us is Hull City versus QPR. Stu, it's your team, so you will go last. I've had, I've had my time with the book and I've put my predictions in. Um, I'm feeling good about it this week, feeling good. So, Paul or Matt... Would you like to uh, take take it, or would you like me to tell you what the score's going to be? I'm quite intrigued to hear what you have to say on this one. Oh, okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Let's see how this works. Okay, so I've gone with a 2-0 win for Hull City. I've got McGuinness and Lewis Potter to score those goals. Matt. I've gone one each. One apiece. Scorers? Uh, McGuinness, as I am reliably informed by uh, Mr Woodman, see I checked with the man himself to check my pronunciations. And Charlie Austin for the QPR goal. I presume it's Charlie Austin anyway. Paul! Um, sorry Mr Woodman, see. I have this down as a 2-0 QPR win, please. Ooh. Said it to his face. Wow. I haven't even given him a goal because he's not, not in the room. We're not I physically not him in. in the room. Yeah, but Paul, I know where you live. Oh, I know. And... <laughs> I have a very long way away from there right now, so you predict away, your man. You predict away. Who's scoring um, those? Uh, who's scoring those goals then? I I will go for one apiece from Charlie Austin and Lyndon Dykes, please. 
Okay, so for the Hull City supporter stew, what have you got? I have gone marginally optimistic. Much more optimistic than uh, Mr. Williams. Not quite as optimistic as uh, Mr. Moore. I've just gone the uh, the 1 0 full win with a, a Malik Wilkes goal. There is nothing wrong with a 1 0 win. Nothing wrong with that. Speaking of 1 0, Middlesbrough take on my boys, the Bristol City guys. Um, Paul, you will pick last. And Stu's just gone, so Matt, you're up again, I'm afraid. I'm going to get myself barred from the uh, from the podcast because I've uh, I've forgotten that you that you were a Bristol City fan. So I've gone two nil for the Borough. It's fine. I'll let you off. Who are going to score Dem Dare goals? What more? And McNair. Um, before before Stu jumps in, I don't like to. I don't want to. I don't want to say I'm not prepared to give my score as and when required. One nil to the Borough, and a name. I'm sorry. I'm. T- I'm going to put it out there now. A name we're going to hear a lot coming out of this mouth this season. Amiobi. Stu. Oh, he's not fit. Not fit. It, it's fine. He'll be playing. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, then it's then it's what more? That's probably better. What more in brackets, Stu? Well, I don't know. I feel a bit aggrieved now, since he uh, binned off my team a minute ago. But I have gone for a Borough two-one win. Two-one, love it. And I have also gone for a what more? Not in brackets. Not in brackets. This not in time. brackets. And uh, stick me down for the second goal for uh, Ike Piazu. He needs to start pulling his finger out this early to get me that top scorer. So. Absolutely. Bristol City's goal will be scored by... Wyman. Wyman. Paul. Lay it on us. Uh, Bristol City are a bit of a bogey side. They've struggled. They've struggled against them at home in the last couple of seasons. Um, but ever the optimist, um, I'll go for us to sneak a one-nil win. Goal scorer. I'm going to go for Martin Payero. The man who orders his his beans and his dessert at the same time, Payero. Exactly. But he is the gentleman I discussed at the end of the transfer business section last week. He was the one who, to all intents and purposes, it sounded like the transfer had been sorted. They just hadn't announced it. I think they announced it on Friday. So, Is that the guy who got London, where Fulham got London priced? No, no. That, that, guy's, that guy's transfer is still up in the air. That's the thing he's going to go to. So, now this was the Argentinian. Still up in the air. Say again. I love still up in the air. Always a bonus. So, 
the uh, the final game for the first half of the week is Nottingham Forest taking on AFC Bournemouth. So, Matt, you can pick last. Uh, I'm just go. I'm just going in. I'm going in. Going in straight away. It's a one nil Forest win with Taylor to score. Stu. Again, feeling even more aggrieved, seeing as uh, Matt didn't do me dirty on the predictions, but Paul did. I have got down for a 2 0 Bournemouth win on this one. Um, with Solanke and, oh my god, Kilkenny for the, uh, the second goal. <laughs> Paul? Sorry, I'm just uh, reeling still from that wonderful joke that Mr. Woodmansey dropped. Um, I... I'll go for a one each. One apiece. Scorers? Um, Carvalho to continue his hot streak. Bournemouth? Hmm. Who scored their goals? Ooh, I'll go for David Brooks. Okay. And the man wearing the Nottingham Forest shirt. What is it you say, sir? Uh, pessimistic as ever, I've gone 2-0 uh, to Bournemouth. I see what's happening here. You're going with the the Paul Williams classic, bet against your own team. That way, either you're happy because you won some money, or you're happy because your team won. I like it. No, or th- option three, I watched them on Sunday and they were shit. So, uh... <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. That's where it comes from. I don't think they were shit. I think they were in perfect control of that game. And then something just... They just lost concentration. Apart from apart from the goal, how much of a goal threat did you think they were? Forrest, going forward? Yeah. Uh, I must admit, other, other than the goal, I can't remember him launching many attacks. Exactly. And that's, that's the problem. There's, there's just, you know, unless Rabin comes back soon, and it's already, oh, I think, he, I think he missed the Coventry match because of COVID. That he was like isolating. I don't think he's got it, but it's not a good start to the season that he's not playing already. And I just don't think Taylor's, Taylor's a single figures goal a season striker. If you're lucky, and they just, just. I don't know, once they'd scored the goal, you're like, right. When they scored the goal, I thought, here we go, we could probably give this team a, a bit of a kick in because they didn't look great. And then they proceeded to sit back and invite pressure from after the half-time, like straight after half-time. I mean, they only looked like one team who was going to win it after, yeah, after once the second half started. But yeah. Who's scoring them their goals? And then their... Uh, Stolanke. And I'm gonna be, of course, I've pre- presented myself with an opportunity to butcher somebody's name. Macondes. 
Well, look, look at it this way. If you haven't butchered it, I've definitely butchered it when I've written it down. So <laughs> hey, we've, we've, uh, we've covered it. All, be, we've covered all the bases. He might be listed. He might be listed as Emiliano if he does score. So, oh, that'll be good to look out for then. <laughs> Keep everyone on their toes. <laughs> So, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water and stop predicting football games, three more games coming down the pipe. Not down the pipe, don't say that. Hull City are taking on Derby County. Uh, for, for that outburst, for that outburst, you will pick first, Mr. Williams. Fine. No problem for me. <laughs> uh, one nil hole, please. One nil hole. Goal scorer. Well, he's a wizard, isn't he? Old Keen Lewis Potter. Lewis Potter. Matt. I've gone. I've, I've gone a bit more kind of optimistic. I've gone three nil hole. Look at it. Wishful thinking. Uh, you're going to see this every time Derby come up. Goal scorers. Uh, McGinnis, just to make sure I get me practicing saying that over <laughs> and over again. Yes. McGinnis one and Wilkes two. Like that. Um, a 1-0 from Paul, a 3-0 from Matt. No surprises. 2-0 from me. Lewis Potter and Wilkes. Go on, Stu. Tell us how it is. Well, I'm happy to say that I agree with Matt. I have also gone for a 3-0 hole Good win. lad. Good lad. Um, I'm not going to finish you, you with a wizard-based joke like Mr. Williams, but I will deliver the key Lewis Potter as, as one. Um, I will deliver McGinnis as two and Mr. Malik Wilkes as the third goal scorer. Probably unlikely to get actually three different goal scorers, but, you know, as, as proved by the predictions last week, I need to play for some points, so let's hit some bets here. So, you there we right. are. You do right. Uh, we've got... Uh, I don't know how to say it without making it rude uh, but but before recording we, uh, it was pointed out by Stu that there's a, a situation this season again where one team plays a team then another team plays a team I won't repeat how it was put across uh, but Middlesbrough are taking on QPR um, tell you what I'll tell you which players I've picked that aren't apparently Playing and uh, we'll take it from there. I want two nil for the Borough Tavernier and uh, now what more? And you go from the open to going back to back games. You are a mentalist. <laughs> predict him once and then never predict him again for the, yeah. <laughs> 
Like I said, I just, I just like I just like saying the name. I just like saying the name. Um, Matt. I have gone two one for Borough. Like it. Uh, with, I mean, I'm obviously obviously very optimistic about this one. What more scoring? And uh, trying to keep my again my pronunciation uh, on point. Uh, Ik Pietze for Burrett and then Dykes for uh, QPR. Stew. I have gone for a simple 1-0 home win. So Middlesbrough 1, QPR 0 with his full Sunday name of Patrick McNair to score. Paul? Um, I'm not as confident as anyone on this one. I will go for a 1-1 draw. Mm. Scorers? There will be... A first of the season for Ooch, Big Ooch Piazzu. Um, I'm just going to check to see if he's still there, but I believe that QPR have got a player called Elias Chair. I'll just check to make sure he's still there. Literally on the edge of our seats whilst you uh, check on the chair. It's, it's the content that everyone's come here for. I love it. Lineups. <laughs> if he is there, he ain't in the squad. Um, in that case, I will go for Moses Odubadjo. <laughs> Gesundheit. Can you tell me who your goal scorer is, though? Uh, I can't believe I can't believe I ain't picking to score in the Q, in the QPR whole game. I know the rules. What? what what's his name? Odubadjo. Odd. Just put Moses if you want. <laughs> Odubanjo. Okay. Yep, that'll do. <laughs> so. Our final game to predict for the week is the Man in Reds team, Nottingham Forest versus Blackburn Rovers. Uh, Stu, what you got for me? Uh, another confident home win. However, I do have the away team to score. So Nottingham Forest 2, Blackburn Rovers 1. Uh, I've gone with a former podcast favourite of Lolly to score and a Mr Yates to score their second. Mm. The Black the Blackburn goal scorer would be probably no relation to the man himself, but the the only whole link I could pull from their squad of Dolan to score. Okay, Paul. Uh, I was having a conversation today, actually, about um, Blackburn and in the fact that they've sold Adam Armstrong to Southampton. Um, to me, means they are woefully short of goals, unless obviously um, 
huge Chilean superstar Ben Brereton Diaz can uh, step up to the plate. Um, he did used to play for Forest, so the rule would be in play. However, I have gone for Forest to sneak this 1-1-0. One, 1-0 one, nil. One, nil to Forest. Goal scorer. Please. I can't bring myself to uh, to pick up the shit out of Yates to get a goal. So, um, I, I, here we go. He'll be a collector's item for you. Jack Colback. God, you want no points. <laughs> no, no idea how, but it, it could just hit his ass after he's just stood in the penalty area and going. Yeah, ginger brethren, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, what happens to you? <laughs> um, I've gone with a 1-0 win for the Forest Boys uh, Taylor to score Matt uh, Thank you all for all of your positivity I've gone 2-0 uh, to Blackburn <laughs> <laughs> Blackburn are so bad They just got knocked out by Morecambe oh, what's the, what, does it, what was the team that they put out? I think, yeah, like, this is this is the thing we've got to look at, like Forest won tonight. Fairly, fairly strong, from what I understand. Nine, nine of those players who played for Forest tonight, tonight against Bradford, aren't going to play at the weekend. Um, but yeah, I've gone nil two to to Blackburn, um, and I've gone Brereton Diaz double. Brereton Diaz. Have you ever heard such nonsense? Unless Forrest sign like three players in the next two days that go straight into the squad and look absolutely awesome, I'm not confident. Well, gentlemen, what that does is that finishes out the predictions. Six games predicted. Six possible chances for big money points. What it also does is it brings us to a situation where that's everything we've got, unless there's any other business. Stuart, any other business? Them from me. Matt, any other business? I think we uh, we kind of we kind of touched upon it last week um, when we weren't quite sure what Michael Dawson um, was gonna was gonna do. We weren't sure if he was gonna retire or um, or if he was gonna find another club he, he announced his retirement during the week ironically like the, probably a day or two after we kind of done the podcast and I just think he, he, you know he, he played for Hull I think he was captain at Hull he was um, he, played, he played for Forest twice he kind of had two stints at Forest he also brought us a shit ton of money in because we had a nice sell-on clause in his uh, thing when he left Tottenham for where for, for Hull wasn't it I think um, and being from North Allerton, he's kind of got a link to kind of Middlesbrough and stuff like that. So, um, I, you know, he's, he's had a, a decent career. Probably, I think, probably by his own admission, not fulfilled it fully because with injuries and stuff like that, he probably could have. He probably could have played for England a, a few more times. He probably could have played at a higher level for a longer time. But um, but he's kind of moving into. Broadcasting, I think he's going to be doing something with uh, women's football uh, or a show that's on on Sky, I think. Um, but yeah, kind of, I think kind of a decent, a decent player who's kind of had something to do with kind of a few of the clubs that we support. So, 
Paul, anything from you? Uh, nothing major, I suppose. Like the end of uh, last week's podcast, I gave a shout out to obviously Pools being back in the football league, um, and happy to report they opened with a win. Last, Saw that uh, last week it was on the, Crawley. It was on the same page. Um, so they managed to bag themselves a one 0 opening year win against Crawley. So fingers crossed they can keep the momentum going. They're away at Barrow this coming Saturday. So fingers crossed they'll be able to keep the momentum going. Indeed. It'll come as no surprise to anybody that I don't have anything else to report. So, um, obviously, currently named the football podcast cannot cannot continue like this. It is silly. So... Uh, I'll go back through the messages and check what uh, what Matt's offering was. I'll throw mine out. I'll throw it all up on the Twitter. And when I get a landslide victory, uh, this podcast will absolutely be known as Tiger Woods Golf. So, so next week, if you throw it out to the public, next week this is going to be blatantly hello and welcome to football McFootball face. Because <laughs> that's just the way of the world. So, you know. It'll be called, oh. it will officially be called The Football Podcast. <laughs> it'll, it'll be that situation where he'll put in like a three and then an other list name in comments and someone will comment and say something that's incredibly inappropriate slash offensive and that'll end up getting all the votes. Indeed. So, tune in next time to find out what this uh, what this joyous podcast is going to be called. If you yourself have a suggestion, take to the skies, and the skies obviously being social media, Twitter is probably the best one. Hit us up on the uh, cookiecast.pod. Uh, drop us an email, even comment on the YouTube video, or drop us a comment on the, uh, on the audio. If you fancy to be in with a chance of winning some lovely prizes or even a little bit of the moolah, because you know we'd have to pay for the name, I guess. Um, drop us a line and let us know what you think we should call this podcast. And until next week, I want to thank you gentlemen for joining me. I want to thank you for putting your information out into the world. Contact information, that is. It's on the website. Uh, Paul's home address, mostly. Uh, and until next week, I'll see you gents then. Bye! Recording stop. So there you go, what do you think of that? Like I was saying at the end, there are prizes to be won if you are picked as the person who named our football podcast. So get all over that. You can do that while you're in the process of subscribing to the podcast by dropping a comment wherever you get in your podcasts or drop us an email, jump over to thecookiecast.com to get all of our contact details and uh, yeah, let us know what's going on and what you think the name of the podcast should be. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Bye-bye.